Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello and welcome to Around the Hearn. This week is a delayed week. I'll be honest with you, full disclosure. Going to a wrestling show in Chicago on Sunday. Recovering on Monday from just getting home at 5.30 in the morning. And uh, starting college football with one of the uh, coaches you'll hear about. And Dean Paul from Ohio Northern University last Saturday after having an overtime game on Friday night. I just kind of got behind. I wanted to have this out last week to be able to preview the upcoming seasons from Corey Allen and the uh, Finley Oilers and Coach Paul's Polar Bears. But it just didn't happen that way. (laughs) So I hope you still enjoy. They both talk about their upcoming season. Unfortunately, both teams suffered losses in their openers on a Saturday afternoon. Ohio Northern. In a game you could probably find on YouTube, Renke Telco Sports had uh, just bad luck. They were down 3 nothing, and they lost to a team in overtime, 16-13, in uh, Alma that uh, missed four field goals. They had two blocked and missed two. One, it missed wide right. The other doinked off the upright. What would have been the game go-ahead score late in the fourth quarter. It's kind of those weird things that happen, but you'll hear each coach talk about how their team is going to be this year, and I hope they still have big years. I'm very happy to be a part of the uh, crew for NK Telco to be able to do uh, Northern games this year, at least the home games. Next one coming up on October the 1st against the Union of Mount or the Union of National Championship and Appearances is pretty much how they uh, generally go, but that's coming up here in just a few Taking a look at some things that happened the last couple of days. Chuck Sperry, the head coach at Audeville, got his 200th career victory as the Big Green took down Van Wert in four sets. Elise Kramer had 29 kills in that one. She's a terrific athlete for the 6-2 Big Green. Coldwater themselves got to a 6-2 after they beat Wapak in four sets. Gracie Shepard set the Wayne Trace school record, according to WOSN. Or uh, kills in a career, 687 as Wayne Trace dispatched Edgerton. And a lot of uh, things going on in the NWC. Lincoln View stays unbeaten by beating Elida. Girls soccer yesterday at Shawnee beating Salina. That's a big one because it's a 4-3 win for Shawnee. Keeps them as one of the three league unbeatens. With Ottawa Glendorf who beat Elida 6-0. And at number 8 ranked St. Mary's who took down Wapakoneta the same score at 6-0. The uh, big kicker for that is the fact that Ottawa Glendorf and St. Mary's play each other on Monday night. You can hear that game uh, on WZOQ Radio. I'm thrilled to be on the call of that one. Got the uh, Lady Titans on Thursday night as they travel to uh, take on Bluffton. Rest of the WBL has got Bath beating uh, Kenton 2-0, Defiance Blanks Van Wert 9-0. Other uh, things going on, just uh, like I said, St. Mary's is ranked, but they're really the only team in the area. That is ranked in Division Two. Colin White continues to just gobble up offers. Akron, Illinois, Miami of Ohio, uh, Northern Iowa, Oakland, Ohio, Toledo, yet to visit Belmont, Cincinnati, Ohio State, West Virginia, Virginia, and Xavier. Big congratulations to him. Boys' side of the uh, soccer pitch. Ranked teams include uh, D2, number five, Shawnee. And for the first time in program history, 6-0 and Audeville. After a uh, couple of big wins for them last week, they are ranked number 13 
in Division Three. Like I told you, soccer is this is big going on right now. Volleyball, WBL side, has the Salada girls tied with Wapak. Both have six wins on the year. Both are 2-0 and in the WBL. Salada's got OG uh, coming up. Wapak beat OG. So the Titans are playing from behind. Girls tennis. St. Mary's is 4-3. and three. Salada's 2-5 and five after each team won uh, yesterday. Boys soccer. We're headed towards some good ones. St. Mary's and Shawnee each tied at the uh, top half of the standings. At 1-0, Salina also in that 1-0, trying to uh, show what they can do with the uh, area soccer. Check out the uh, Western Ohio soccer scores. And uh, big, big games coming up. I know that uh, Spencerville got their uh, first win yesterday, the boys at home. But a lot of work to do. Uh, the uh, Coldwater girls, always pretty good. Anna Botkins in that mix as well. But the football rankings came out. The very first polls, and I've talked about this ad nauseum. I don't know that how much I believe in these polls. But here you go. D2, you've got Piqua at 3-0, number 6. Wapak jumps into the top 14 of these rankings after beating St. Mary's in overtime last weekend in a thriller. They're 2-1. D4 has Van Wertz, who goes to Wapak and Harmon Field this week, at 3-0, number 2. D5, just Coldwater. Ranked at number two, uh, D6 is where you get a, a good smattering of uh, teams who will see uh, versions of each other coming up. Marion Local is number one. They're very good. Versailles is number three. They will take on Division 7, number three, New Bremen, this weekend at Whole Field. Crestview is number six in Division 6. They're 3-0. and Fort Lormie, they're number uh, 13 in Division 7. They've got a uh, matchup against perennial power Newark Catholic and Lima Central Catholic in a game that was expertly called by my guy Keith Brown last weekend. Lost to Tenora, their first loss of the year, but they did enough to hang around in the uh, polls at number 18. Northwest Conference this weekend, Ada and Lipsick, Allen East and Crestview, Bluffton, Spencerville, Grove, Jefferson. Midwest Athletic Conference, you've got Anna and Coldwater. Coldwater getting their first home game of the season. St. John's Marion Local. For recovering Minster, uh, for recovering coming off of a disastrous loss without their starting quarterback last weekend to uh, New Bremen, who, uh, like I said, goes to Versailles. And then Parkway, who I think has got a, a realistic shot of catching St. Henry at the right time this weekend, takes on the Redskins. WBL, 0-3 Bath, taking on a 3-0 Elida. Are the Bulldogs a shock? I don't know. We'll find out next couple of weeks. One and two, Salina visits Robinson Field in Kenton. You can hear uh, my guys give you that game, WKTN, coming up this weekend. They do a uh, terrific job, and they're uh, a lot of a lot of fun to listen to. And uh, make sure that you try to tune in for that. Defiance is at Shawnee. I think Defiance has a real good shot to win this game, I'll be honest with you. After seeing them a couple of weekends ago, didn't necessarily see the numbers, but they beat Napoleon to open the year. Have started 0-2 in a WBL play, but they took on heavy hitters. Van Word at Wapak, and then OG at St. Mary's K94 on that ball game. Starting at 6.30, Rough Riders trying to get right after a heartbreaking loss last weekend. OG trying to pick up their first win. They, uh, believe it or not, are 0-3 on the season. Get a chance to talk to Ken Schreiner tomorrow. Excited to kind of see what uh, he's got to say 
about what his team has got going on. And that's uh, kind of a look around the area of things going on. If you've got somebody or something you want to talk about, you can always hit me up on Twitter, at MichaelHearnPVP or uh, mhearn3 at gmail.com. I would love to get results, stats, and be able to talk more local sports. That's the whole point of this podcast. When we come back, we talk about college football. Dean Paul, the head coach at Howe Northern, and Corey Allen, the uh, coach at the University of Finley, just up the street from my house. All of that's coming back when we come back here on Around the Hearn. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062 and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. College football kicks off this weekend. That means the month of September is rapidly approaching. Uh, Talking now to the longtime head coach of Ohio Northern University in Dean Paul. It's got to feel good. Your guys are probably tired of hitting each other, I would think. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, we've had a chance to have a joint practice with uh, Bluffton, and we had a little scrimmage with trying a week or so ago. But, but yeah, there's nothing like uh, actually playing a real game and full tackle and nothing, uh, you know, st- too structured or restricted like that. So we're excited. Your uh, coaching staff, you made some adjustments. Uh, Andre Griffin, now full-time assistant. Yeah. And, I mean, how yep. big is that? Obviously comes from a, a big football family and for a little while was right down the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Andre was, uh, you know, great coach. I've known him for a long time, going back to when he was the capital as an assistant in Saginaw before he came to Lima. And then he helped us, you know, part-time while he was still in an administrator role at Lima the last two years. So to get him into a full-time role where we get to, you know, see him every day is awesome. And he has a lot of, ex- you know, a lot of experience, both recruiting and coaching. And and then, uh, you know, Aaron Kreps, who was with us before he went to Bluffton, you know, became the head coach, you know, having him back as a quarterback's coach is great. We know what to expect out of him. And then Jim Cordell, we hired as an offense coordinator, offensive line coach, has a tremendous background playing, coaching, and just, you know, brings a lot to the table. And then it allowed us to take one of our defensive coaches, or one of our offensive coaches, and move him over to defense, Cody Cruzen, who played DB for us on some great teams. And, yeah, so we feel like, uh, you know, there's there are, you know, I think people, uh, really great coaches, great men, who I think are you know bringing some new ideas and helping us move forward. Aaron, of course, uh, with that quarterback position battle that you had going on, kind of a fifth-year senior in Trevor McConnell, probably the uh, starter coming yeah. up this weekend. But, I mean, that's that's a lot more work for him to do this year with Brody Hahn not being there since he was there forever. Yeah, yeah Brody did a nice job for us the last few years. And, you know, the good news is with a, you know a new quarterback, we do have four linemen that return. We have, you know, all our receivers. We lose one receiver. We lose one offensive lineman, and we lose, uh, you know, a quarterback. So losing really three starters on defense, the other eight are back. So there's some good, I think, playmakers, and we've developed some depth uh, as well. So we've retained all those guys, and we've recruited well. So we feel like there's a strong group there on that side of the ball. And then defensively, we feel like we definitely feel like we have uh, – you know, upgraded a few areas to develop some some depth there as well. So we're feeling uh, very optimistic. You get 45 Letterman coming back, 18 starters, but it feels like kind of to piggyback on what you were saying that the guys that you lost 
are all longtime guys who had a ton of playing experience. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, we lost Chase Rose at receiver, lost Brody Hunt at quarterback. Uh, you know, Jared Rittenauer at offensive tackle played really one year, but maybe a year and a half. Uh, but on defense, lost Jared sitting at tackle who played really about three. And then uh, Mike Backer was really a two-year player. So, you know, we definitely lost some good players, uh, no doubt. But the good news is we have a lot of, a lot of guys back. And I think some guys, I, I really think that thing that stands out to me as well is we had some guys who really had really productive off seasons. Some guys who got bigger and stronger. Some guys who got a little leaner. Uh, so there was some really good development by our strength coach and just our players working really hard, especially when they went home. You know, you're on your own. You're working, you know, jobs 50, 60 hours a week, and you got to find time for your workouts. We had a lot of guys who really looked different when they came back. I've always been fascinated by recruiting, and I, I talked to Finley's head coach, and I had asked him, about being able to get kids from out of the area. Is it easier or is there a difference to you about getting a kid from Florida to come versus getting a kid from St. Paulding to come to Northern? Well, I think, you know, you'd like to have as many local guys as possible. Um, There's no doubt about it. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of advantages to having, you know, local players. But the reality is, you know, you have to be thorough and you have to look at position needs and you – you know, just assess how recruiting is going. And then you have to find some of those inroads out of state as well. You can't, you know, just live on just players from, you know, especially in non-scholarship with high academics. You know, we have a, a unique mix that we're trying to find uh, of guys that have grades, can play, have the attitude, the character, and, you know, then can get accepted and all that, all that kind of stuff. So we have to be thorough and we have to, We'd like to make you know as many guys, home base as many guys as close as possible, but reality is you have to to be elite. You you better find some guys wherever you need to go. Well, you get a defensive back from Panama City, Florida, a defensive back from Tokyo, Japan, and a quarterback from Hawaii. Uh, is that one <laughs> one recruiter? Everybody puts their hands up and says, "I mean, I, I guess I could go check it out for you, coach." <laughs> well, unfortunately, there was no trip to Hawaii to find that uh, player. Uh, you know, I think the thing about Northern, you know, with a unique mix of majors, uh, you know, when you have a top-notch, you know, nationally ranked engineering college, you will be able to find some guys that are willing to, uh, you know, to go across the country, you know. So uh, we've always had some inroads in Florida and Georgia, uh, but then we'll find those engineers, like, you know, wherever with, with uh, the way some of the recruiting goes and digging on Huddle is a website and Twitter and just digging and digging and digging and working. You know, you find some guys that have really good grades, they can play, and they want engineering, and they'll come from. We have a guy from New Mexico this year. We have one from Utah. Uh, so you find them wherever they are, and that major uh, academic program is one of the top 30 engineering colleges in the country. You know, guys will come, you know, far away. Talking to Dean Paul, the head coach at Ohio Northern University, and if you had kind of gone back and you tell yourself in 99 when you're at Thomas More College – Hey, just wait. You won't even have to really leave. You can just you'll get these video clips and it'll just be so much easier to look at these kids. I would imagine you'd probably would have thrown yourself out of your office. You know, we've always tried to be thorough and like, you know, you get emails and you you look at them and sometimes the assistant coaches probably get mad at me cuz I'm like we're going to look at every single one of them. But, you know, I think Twitter's definitely changed some things in the way uh huddle the video process. I mean, just a combination of people sending you information to review or you just finding it 
in a variety of different ways definitely has changed recruiting. I mean, in a way, sure, it's easier to find some of those guys, but at the same time, you have to be organized and you got to work. There's no substitute for just working at it. And, uh, you, you know, sometimes you, you, uh, just, you can't get frustrated because you're going to lose some guys. You just got to keep digging and keep trying to find the right fit. Now I know you're a big Twitter guy. And uh, my question is uh, not a specific uh, case, but have the, has there ever been kind of a place where you were looking at a guy and you just kind of went, uh, okay, I don't, I don't think you're going to understand. Maybe you aren't a fit for us because of your social media presence. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, I mean, there's some, you know, we, we, you, you gotta be careful to judge people too quickly. Right. I mean, you know, you always try to give a chance to, to get to know people, but at the same time, there's some things that, you know, you see, uh, and you're like, well, that probably just isn't a good match for us. Um, so, cause you have to, you have to figure out how you're spending your time. You can't recruit everybody. So you try to do things to prospect is what we call it. Prospecting is kind of narrowing some things down. And sometimes that can help you, uh, you know, figure out maybe, Get, get some information that may help you, you know, figure out who you're spending time on. Well, I would think it'd be kind of a harder thing for you. I mean, because you're putting your name, your reputation on pretty much anybody that walks through the door at Northern. Yeah, there's no doubt. So you have to take that serious as a coach. Uh, you know, it's, it's the, you know, it's a reflection of the university and you want to bring people on campus that add value and that match well with the university uh, first and foremost academically. And then also, just with their character, and then of course the what they do on the field or the court or whatever the sport is. You've got a, a terrific All American running back and Brock Martin coming back, who I'm pretty sure will be a doctor by the time that he leaves Ohio Northern. <laughs> uh, just kind of one of those things from covering you guys over the years. You, you feel like certain kids. Is this only his fifth year? He's been here for a while, right? <laughs> sure. But he's, yeah, uh, he played from day one, so it, it probably feels like forever. I think that's probably what it is. Is you know, with the yeah. year that he missed, and then with the COVID year and all the kind of crazy yeah. things in between. It just feels like maybe he's earned more than four letters. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. He, um, I guess, that, like with that COVID year, this kid would be his, uh, I guess, his fifth year as a starter. So uh, it is pretty unique. And uh, just a great young man who, you know, was a starter. And then he was kind of the number, you know, number two when, uh, you know, we had Christian Williams come back from injury. So he's just real unselfish and hung in there and, and, you know, was back to being the feature back last year and had a nice year, second team all conference and, and uh, yeah, expecting big, big things his last year. With uh, what he has done, it, does it make you more proud as a coach and in a mentor role of he's been an all American on the field for with what he has done to you guys, or the fact that he's leading your team as an academic all American? There's no doubt. I mean, he is the right kind of guy. You know, when you talk about what you want as a coach and the type of player, he's, uh, you know, he's a great leader on this campus. He's very involved with uh, a few different activities, organizations, activities, you know, fellowship of Christian athletes. And he's just been a leader in so many different ways. Yes, he's excelled in the classroom. Uh, you know, Dean's list pretty much every single term. And he's also done well on the field. And, uh, just made an impact on the campus, you know, in a lot of different ways. And I think he's been one of those transformational leaders on the team, just the way he carries himself. So he's uh, he's the right kind of guy, no doubt about it. 
defensively, one of my favorite players to watch in high school was Peyton Wilson, and you guys have him back this year as your leading tackler. When you saw him at Shawnee, do you kind of think the same thing about him at Northern in that if something's moving, he's going to eventually hit it? (laughs) Yeah, he has this, and he he plays hard, you know, and we've known him from coming to camp in here as a young man, junior high, and even probably younger, so we've watched him grow and mature, and uh, just plays really, really hard. It is really uh, intelligent and productive. So that's a great combination. Another great student too. Another great young man who really excels in the classrooms as well. Big week. You guys open up with Alma at home coming up on Saturday. Uh, what do you know about the uh, challenges that the Scots might present you? Well, they have a lot of experience. You know, we have a good number of returning starters, but. So do they. I think they, uh, geez, I was counting things up today. They're probably very similar to us, about 17, 18 uh, returning starters. So it's a veteran team, uh, you know, especially up front. They have, I think, uh, four or five offensive linemen. I think they have all four defensive linemen. So we're going to have to earn it. I mean, they're, they're a good football team. A winning team. They won six games last year. So we, we, we've got we to get it done. You have a, an oddity in your schedule in the way that things work out. I mean, you got your home to open up, and then yeah. it, you're away for the entire month of September. You come back, and oh, <laughs> yeah. by the way, Mount is here waiting for you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's a challenge in the OAC every single week, and we did. Uh, we wanted to move our bye week to the middle of the year, so we moved week five up to week two, which basically then meant that yes, we were going to be. Uh, you know, it was gonna that the schedule was gonna kind of fall that way. So, yeah, so it's all good. Have you had that before though in your schedule where you go uh, a block of away and then a block of home? Um, I'm not sure it's really fallen this way before. I know there was one year we opened up three straight away games. That was uh, a couple years ago. I think that was 2019. But uh, you know. Um, just kind of let the chips fall as they may. And then you just uh, try to, you know, as coaches, you always try to think about just a one week, you know, the, the true cliche one week at a time, but there really is some truth to that. You just reset every week and believe in your process and there can have conviction in the way you go about your preparation. And, and sure, you, you, it's kind of unfortunately be a wave for three straight weeks, but you know, Hey, the good news is once you make it through that grind, then you have a lot of home games. Well, the joke of it though is, is that homecoming is actually the third of those home games. <laughs> right. Right. It's just funny. Yeah, how that I, don't really out. Have, I don't really have much to do with that. Uh, you know, they, they home come, the people on campus are trying to, you know, balance a lot of different things in the calendar, of course, and a lot of considerations. So, um, they rarely even ask our opinion because <laughs> they're just trying to, you know, fit so many other things into the, you know, kind of the way the campus calendar works. Uh, you've obviously been around college football for a long time when it comes to about 1255, on Saturday, do you still get that butterfly feeling of how it's going to go right before the ball goes in the air, or is it yeah. just you're just waiting for one o'clock? Uh, I think I think uh, there's an excitement. There's a you know just uh, you're 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 just ready to go. You can't wait to see. Uh, all, you know you you work so hard so long for ten games. They're guaranteed, and you have to earn anything beyond the ten. So. You work all year long for, for 10 games. So, um, boy, yeah, you just, you're really excited. And there's always some things in the first game, especially that first game that you, you just don't know. You don't know what, 
did they get a transfer that some difference maker who worked really, really hard in the off season and all of a sudden they have made big strides, you know, uh, who's going to step up when the, the lights are shining now as a starter and, you know, just, uh, you know, those type of things are just uh, some things that are unknown. Or if it's the last couple of years, did any one of my kids get in contact with anyone and now I can't have them for this game? <laughs> sure. Exactly. Yeah, that's always a, that's been a treat. <laughs> Sorry, sure. we found so, out on Thursday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's been a, there was a couple uh, real twists and turns over the last couple of years when it comes to that stuff. So, but, uh, you know, hopefully some of that is, you know, there's still a few things lingering on with uh, some of those details, but not too many of those, you know, what, factors at this point. What can folks look forward to with ONU football this year? I, I think, uh, I mean, I think our guys are going to play really, really hard. I think we have a pretty physical football team. I think we have a pretty athletic I mean, I think there's some some guys that can run. There's some guys that can jump. So I think you know, I think we have a, a team that you know will pose a lot of challenges for people. And I think we have a team that if we continue to grow day by day, that uh, you know we can put something out there that people really enjoy watching. Well, I'm excited for what you guys can do, and I wish you the best of luck. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's Dean Paul, the head football coach at Ohio Northern. Back with some more here in just a couple of minutes. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service is much more than your home for the best prices on new and pre-owned vehicles. Lee Kinsel is your home for Accessory Avenue, 602 West Irvin Road, the best accessory shop in Northwest Ohio, featuring Gator Hide Protective Coatings, your top choice for window tinting and ceramic coating for truck beds and trailers and other surfaces, even motorcycles. Accessory Avenue is also a WeatherTech Diamond Dealer, Penske Truck Rental Center, and American Rental Center for cars and vans. And remember, Accessory Avenue at Lee Kinsel will work on all makes and models. Impressed? Well, what if I also told you Lee Kinsel is Taylor Auto Service, 231 South Walnut Street in Van Wert, pre-owned vehicle specialists for over 70 years. Combine all that with the friendliest staff and impeccable service department, and there's nowhere else you need to go for all your vehicle needs. Find out more by stopping into Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service, 650 West Irvin Road, Van Wert, online at LeeKinsel.com or call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Changing gears, talking about Finley football now with the head coach and Corey Allen, the uh, longtime assistant. And uh, my first question for you, Corey, is do you get a new office? <laughs> yeah, I did get a new office. You know, uh, it, it's been uh, – I didn't have to hire a, a mover, okay, and uh, I was able to just move down the hall, so that was good. And uh, it was a great opportunity to kind of clear some things out of my desk maybe that, uh, that have been sitting there too long. You know, that rule of if you haven't touched it in over two years, you don't really need it. Um, kind of applied that to uh, my desk and, and then got everything moved down the hall. You get a new window and people bring you some plants? Yeah, I don't, I don't have plants per se, but I do have a new window with some great trees out there. You know, I like the, uh, the foliage, really looking forward to the fall, not just for football, but to see the, the changing of the leaves right outside the window here. So all's good so far. It's a different thing for you in that you've been out a lot, obviously, uh, with the interim and then with uh, the recruiting efforts in the offense but now you go from kind of being, I always use this with coaches, kind of being the worker bee to you're now the queen bee that you have to run the entire facility. Yeah, there's no matter how much time you spend inside a, a program um, until you get to the desk, you can be as prepared as possible 
um, but still not ready, if that makes sense. Uh, I think that I was prepared for the position, uh, but I don't think anybody's ready uh, until it's until it's actually go time. And then you have no other choice. Uh, you have a responsibility to the staff and to the players, and and uh, and if and if making sure that they're content and that they have a, a plan laid out. If, if that drives you every day, you're okay. Was there a point, kind of, uh, when you went through the process to become the head coach, where? you saw it in print or you saw something with your name attached to it where you just kind of stepped back for a second and went, oh, it is a real thing. I didn't dream this up. <laughs> well, yeah, there were a couple of those moments, um, you know, and, and typically they're the quiet ones because most of your days when you're dealing with a roster of 130 guys and a, and a staff of coaches, everything's so busy that you, you don't have time to stop and think, which is a good thing. But there are those quiet moments in the summer um, where you're like, wow. You know, and, and namely it came in, in the form of, you know, for 10 years I worked every day with, with the former uh, head coach here, you know, Rob Keyes, and something would happen, you know, something good would happen with the program, and you got to retrain your brain because I thought, boy, I'd love to tell Rob about this, or maybe that's something I should take to the head coach, and I'm like, well, wait a second. Well, that's me. Okay, so here I sit, you know, maybe someone saw me talking to myself in my office at that point. Um, so that's kind of the way that went. You just pretty much turned yourself into the mirror on the wall? That's it. That's it. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Is he down there talking to himself again? I'll just come back later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That gets people to uh, shy away from your office. If I'm in here having a full blown conversation in an empty, in I, an I empty think, room. But I think the cure for it is as long as you win, they don't really care. They're just like, yeah, he talks to himself, but he wins. So what do we care? Well, that's true. And, 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 you know, we're very much in the honeymoon period right now, right? Everything's great. Um, you know, we, we had a great, uh, we had a great summer and, and we've gotten all the guys back on campus and we're having a great fall and, you know, the changes uh, that we've made in the, in the program, which was not a program that needed a, a complete teardown, right? It just, uh, or even a remodel for that, that, uh, to say it that way, we just need to accent some rooms differently. You know what I mean? And that's what we're doing. And, um, you know, everything's great right now. We haven't played a game. So <laughs> top of the world. Right, right. Zero and zero. Uh, with uh, the way you go into this year, do you still handle a lot of the offensive stuff with that kind of being your baby while you've been there, or do you now kind of pass that off? So there's been a lot of um, a lot of collaboration on offense. You know, Tom Coughlin's our quarterbacks coach and, and our pass game coordinator. He came in last year uh, when Kyle Orzanski left, who'd been with me for five years, and he took an offensive coordinator's job at Shippensburg University over in the PSAC. But anyways. The bottom line is, is that everybody is, is gone all hands on deck. Um, you know, I still uh, am on the offensive side of the ball. I, I still will be this fall the primary play caller. Um, but we as a, as a staff and as a program, you know, everybody's jumped in to, to help out, uh, you know, when I need to be somewhere or do this or do that. Uh, you know, we don't miss a beat. You know, we have, we have a very, very good offensive staff and, uh, and, and defensively. Uh, they don't want me meddling with them anyways. They know where they want to go and what they want to do. The problem is because you know how to attack them. Well, you know, there's that, but we, we always, we always go into that, that whole idea of, you know, we don't game plan for practice, right? We're, we're trying to get ourselves set and ready to go for the fall. Um, but you know, every now and again, like we went to a competitive scenario yesterday, uh, two minute drive at the end of practice. And, and now, you know, there's not officials out there. So our, our morning staff meeting started with, Hey, that was a bad call on that side. You know, he was out of bounds. The clock shouldn't have been wound. Hey, that kid would have scored there, right? So inevitably, the competitive juices are going to flow, uh, but it's all in good fun. With uh, the great coaches that you played at Ohio Northern, and uh, with kind of the connections that you've <laughs> built, 
have you been able to, or I guess have you had to, maybe reach out to other head coaches and just kind of pick their brain of, all right, what's the little thing about this that maybe I'm not seeing? Yeah, I, I did that, and then I stopped doing it uh, because everything they told me was year one is just going to be like you're drinking from a fire hose every day, and it's going to be uh, it was you know it was the worst year of my head coaching. It was this and that, and I said, well, I don't want this advice anymore. Right? This is um, this is a lot, you know. But I've talked to a lot of different guys from a lot of different levels, um, you know, and, and gotten some advice here and there, but but really trying to not overwhelm my, you know, my brain with that. And then again, it goes back to what does the staff mean? What do the players need? Um, but, you know, the, the basic advice that kept coming back over and over again was, um, you know, don't forget what got you there. Um, you know, don't forget the, you know, your passion and, and coach that and, and do those things. And it's been good. You know, Mike Godfrey, interestingly enough, was a coach at Pitt and was an ESPN analyst for, shoot 15 to 20 years and his grandson's playing for us now and so mike's been around a lot and uh, here's a guy that was very successful and and you know he is he's been uh, outstanding you know during this time for me to be able to talk to and and kind of run things by dean paul i've talked to scott donaldson at heidelberg um you know i called keith Otterbein at hillsdale you know he's kind of the um he's the the uh elder statesman of head coaches in the GMAC as far as uh, tenure and, you know, how have you been so consistent over the years? So yeah, just picking up pieces here and there. Well, it's probably kind of like reading Twitter after a while. You you start out with good intentions and then you just kind of, why did I put myself through that? Sure. You end up in that rabbit hole, you know, uh, down in the old Twitter rabbit hole, you get stuck in that and 35 minutes of your life goes by. You can't (laughs) get back. That's how my wife describes TikTok to me. That's why I won't do it. Well, I don't have it, and uh, and I do not plan on getting it. Uh, I'm I'm good with where I'm at, social media wise. What uh, last year, you guys make the playoffs, lose in the first round, but a highly competitive game with Shepard. That uh, did you kind of find out? I mean, little things that obviously one or two things go wrong. You know, the score ends up differently, but it just kind of an odd ending to the season with as well as you were playing going into the playoffs. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, you know, they ended up going on and, and winning Super Region One. It was a nip and tuck football game. I mean, anytime you end up with a with a one score game, uh, you know, there's always a couple things that you want back uh, as a as a coordinator and, and just as a team. Uh, there's always a couple play calls you'd love to have back, or maybe I maybe we pressed too much here, or we did a little bit this and you know there. But at the end of the day, for us, it was it was an awesome opportunity to go compete on a on a national stage. And, you know, we went down there in 2017 and got the job done. And last year we didn't. So, um, and both games were, were highly competitive. You know, I was proud of the fight of our team. Um, and, you know, we would have loved to move on to round two, but, but we didn't, you know, we didn't earn that. And so uh, I don't know that, that there's a ton of carryover to this year because, you know, each year, even with only minor changes, you know, we do have a lot of guys back, but each year is a new year. And, and you need to figure out who you're going to be that year. And, and, you know, Use the past as a GPS for your future. Don't get caught looking back at it, though. Not a specific case, but I'm always curious with guys who go recruit. Is it easier or harder to sell a local kid on your program? Well, you know, I think that we have had a lot of success locally. And locally, I think I would look at, you know, kind of down into that Mac area, uh, down into to Minster, Maria Stein. Uh, down there, uh, all the way up to Toledo, 
you know what I mean? And, and over to Mansfield and then pushing out to that Paulding area, you know, that area has been very, very good to us. Um, you know, the city of Finley is, is well known to them. Um, and, and typically you're going to have Finley graduates in, in their high schools, uh, coaching them or, um, you know, or, or educating them in the classroom. And so they are, they are much more familiar, uh, with Finley and our brand, uh, than, than guys that we would go get, you know, what we would consider in region, which is essentially a four hour radius all around, uh, you know, the city of Finley. Well, that's, I ask that because I always joke anytime I see, for instance, uh, it's always ONU and Finley where I, I see this on the roster and laugh that there's a handful of kids from Florida. And I always want to say, like, how did you convince one of these kids who's probably never seen snow in his life that this is like the greatest idea that he's ever heard of? Yeah, well, that's so that that's interesting and, uh, and, and very perceptive. You know, when you go down south, uh, especially when you get into Florida, uh, there are only so many Division two schools. And all the way back to my time at, at Ohio Northern as an assistant, at BW as an assistant, and then even early on here, they have recruiting fairs down in Florida that are set up to uh, get these young men uh, out of Florida and into uh, Division two and, and Division three uh, football playing schools. So their mindset down there uh, is somewhat different when it comes to uh, traveling to go play, moving away to go play. Uh, they see it done every year as their ninth graders, 10th graders, 11th graders. They see graduating classes and kids go away to play, to play college football because there's not that many Division twos down there um, in, in the great state of Florida. But here, you are absolutely saturated in the Midwest with Division two and Division three playing schools. So you don't have to travel a long distance if you don't want to. So really, it's just kind of the way the kids grow up and what they experience uh, if they want to go play college football, if that makes sense. I, I'm kind of that nerd. I'm always just kind of fascinated with the ins and outs of recruiting in that way. And I, like I said, I always look at it. And I, yeah, Northwest Ohio, you got Cincinnati, Westfield. You've got a lot of Cleveland kids. But it's it's really neat how it kind of comes together. And when you get uh, those big classes, can you see kind of right away as a guy who's been around for a while, which one of those freshmen coming in, or I guess which part of the class, are probably going to separate themselves and maybe be your guy? It happens. <laughs> it typically happens within the first four to five days. You know, is a is a guy mentally and physically ready to play college football early? Um, and it only takes about four to five days to go. Yeah, this guy's got a chance. You know, and that separation has has already happened. But uh, in in our camp this year, but but some of our best players by the time it was over um, were guys that weren't physically ready. Maybe they were mentally, maybe they were neither, right? But it took time. They had to work through their own process. And we tell our guys at all times, don't compare your process to somebody else. You know, I'm looking at our, we have a, our, our conference players of the year on the wall in my office. And I look at freshman of the year in 2020 uh, and Garrett Clark out of Strongsville up in Cleveland. He came in, he was ready to go right now, um, physically and mentally. And then right above him, the offensive lineman of the year in the league last year, Logan Bailey out of Defiance, you know, Logan was a 240-pound kid out of uh, uh, Tenora High School. He wasn't ready to play on the offensive line, mentally or physically. Um, but by the time he was done, he was a four-year starter and uh, and the best lineman in our league. So, yeah, you figure out who's going to be ready right away, and then you just send the rest of those guys to the weight room and, and maybe to the scout team, and they grow and they develop. And, you know, so there are surprises every year. 
It's funny you specifically mentioned Garrett Clark. Uh, Strongsville is where my wife is from, and we went up when he was in high school, his sophomore or junior year, and watched them play. And I remember looking at his number and just saying, hey, what? who is this kid on the program? Because you're probably going to need to remember him. Garrett is one of those guys that I would put in, in the category of, of elite from the perspective of all he does is, is win. And that isn't to say that he's ever, that he's not ever lost, but he wins in everything he does. He wins in the classroom. He wins in practice. He wins in meetings. He wins on Saturdays with his effort and the way he goes about things. The thing that stood out to us the most on his film uh, was he played at one speed and, and then he ran at one speed uh, the entire time, no matter the situation. You know, the young man ran for roughly 17, 1800 yards as a senior with 20 plus touchdowns. And I came in in December of his senior year and I said to his coach, does he have an offer? And he goes, no, he doesn't have any offers. I said, well, he's got one now. Um, and so here's a guy that, you know, we didn't battle against a ton of our conference foes uh, to gain his services. And then, you know, 10 months later, he's, he's winning rookie of the year in the league. Which is probably one that uh, B-Dub being right down the street, about eight miles from where the stadium is, uh, Pacatan Stadium is probably, yeah, I feel like we missed on that one. Well, yeah, but then, you know, then you're looking at the idea of, of scholarship versus non, right? Division right. two versus division three. And so, you know, we were able to put a, an athletic offer uh, in his hands. And, and certainly that was, uh, that was attractive to him. And, and he's done a great job. I used to live in Strongsville myself. So uh, very familiar with the, uh, with the area. It is, it is, uh, they're building everything up there right now. And they get it done in about two weeks time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things move rapidly. Every time I go up there, there's four more things, and I'm like, that wasn't here when I was here a month ago. It, well, the, the options are plenty. Right, right. Oh, well, you know, that's easy. Just convince people to go there. Uh, you guys open up on the third at Ohio Dominican. You get a pair of home games, and then go to North Greenville to uh, finish out the month of September. How a couple of weeks out do you feel looking at game one right now? Well, you know, I, right now I, I feel like, uh, Ben, I'm a bit of an analogy guy at times. I, I think we're like, uh, we're like meatloaf right now. Okay. If you walk in the kitchen and you see mom putting it together, it might not look like much, but, but when it comes out of the oven, boy, does it have the opportunity to taste pretty good. Okay. And, and that's the way I think a football team is during camp. And right now, you know, we're still in the, uh, in the mixing phase. And, uh, and then within the next couple of days, we're going to put this thing in the oven and, uh, and when we take it out, I think we'll be ready to go. And I'm excited about, you know, what we have. I'm excited about the way that the team and we all are as a staff, the way the team is working, um, you know, and that's a challenging first month. I mean, it's, it's unique in the fact that you normally start out with your non-conference slate, uh, and we're coming out with back-to-back conference games. So, you know, two games into the season, you know, that jockeying for, uh, you know, for the, the top of the league uh, is going to have a few things already sorted out. And then you're going to go into your non-conference schedule, as you mentioned. So it's uh, it's going to be a challenge and uh, and one that we're looking forward to, uh, players and coaches alike. Is that a quirk or is that just because the schedule flips every couple of years? You know, that falls in the category of something I didn't ask. I just know who we have to play. So <laughs> wherever it is, it's above my pay grade and uh, we'll be good to go. Night game for your first home game against Ashland. Obviously, big rivalry. They're not all that far away when you consider the rest of your schedule. Uh, walking out that first night, no matter how, obviously, we're hoping it's a win the first week. That first night, I mean, how kind of internally hype are you going to be? Or are you going to be able to 
kind of quell that a little bit, walking out as the head coach, and this is my program, we're going to put a stamp on this night. Yeah, I, I suppose you won't know, um, and I won't know until we get there, but but we're excited about it. And, and I think, you know, the, right from the beginning, the only thing that's mattered, and even, even when we were going through that phase of, of the interim tag being on there, and um, the, the whole drive was it's about the team, one team, one team, one team. And so if that's the case, um, and it's it's not about any one player or it's not about any one coach, then, then we're going to be fine. And I think that's the way we're going to handle it. Uh, this isn't about, to me, it's not about you know my first game in Donnell Stadium as a coach. It's about the 2022 Finley Oiler football team's first opportunity to play at home. Well, I'm excited. I hope uh, I'm able to get to that game, and uh, I wish you guys the best luck this season. I thank you for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. I, I'm glad to glad to talk about our guys and talk about our team, and, and uh, anytime you want to have me back on, uh, just give me a holler. You got my number. That's the head football coach of the University of Finley, Corey Allen, back with some more here in just a few. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, home of the Titan Burger, and if you're really hungry, the Cow Tipper. Tony's grounds their hamburger meat each day. Each patty is fresh and never frozen and not cooked until you order it. Don't forget to add some of the great sides like French fries, pickle fries, and their great breaded mushrooms. While you're there, you can't forget to get some of their great ice cream, ice cream treats, and frozen yogurt. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, making burger history since 1962. Again, a big thank you to uh, Dean Paul and to Corey Allen for uh, talking about their squads and everything that they have going on and what they expect throughout the course of the season. There is a lot of things. We hit the ground running here in Northwest Ohio in the last couple of weeks, and I hope that these uh, shows provide you amusement. If nothing else, tell your friends. Hopefully tell them that it was at least good. A lot of uh, big scores last weekend in high school football. Will we see it again? Well, we're just about 48 hours from uh, finding out. Uh, High school soccer, though, taking uh, center stage. Things going on. I'm excited. Tomorrow night, it'll be Bluffton and Ottawa Glendorf in a girls' soccer action and Monday, St. Mary's and OG. Tune in for that one. All of those uh, OG games on WZOQ Radio. Just make sure you support high school sports however you get a chance, whether on the radio or on TV. There are a lot, a lot of great folks who help bring you things that might just seem uh, trivial or might just, uh, you might not even realize it. And again, shout out to my guy, Jason Geyser. I hope to have him on the podcast at some point to uh, talk about his 25-year career of covering sports coming to a uh, stop and uh, what his new gig is as well. But that's what I have for this week's show. Thanks to Corey Allen. Thanks to Dean Paul. And most importantly, thank you to you. Can I do the show if you do not listen? Have a great night and you better tomorrow. And yay sports. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.